31 years on from the fall of the Berlin Wall, Germany is still reckoning with its divided past. East Germany, which existed from 1949 to 1990 as part of the communist bloc, was very much a police state. An atmosphere of fear, distrust and paranoia was ever present throughout the decades of the state's existence. The infamous East German secret police, known as the Stasi, used intimidation and terror to enforce its iron grip on society. It was also an intrusive surveillance organisation which persuaded ordinary people to spy on and inform on their neighbours. We're going to hear more now about the history of the Stasi and their role in the communist state of East Germany. Mark McMenamin sent us this report from Berlin. It was very grey, crumbling. The only colour you saw was a communist red and nothing was spontaneous. Everything was controlled. That's the acclaimed German photojournalist Thomas Hopker describing his first visit to East Germany in 1959. At that time, hundreds of thousands were fleeing the state every year. People had to go join a parade. There was no joy. It was like a, something you had to do. The country was really bleeding to death. Not only a body drain, but it was also a brain drain. Thomas's visit to Berlin coincided with the erection of the Berlin Wall, a structure that would be enforced on the eastern side by a fearsome secret police. They secretly decided to build a wall which would be tightly controlled and nobody would be able to cross anymore. So that happened in 1961. The communist barrier between East and West Berlin grows higher and stronger, the more determined grows the will of those in the East to escape. Along the border, East Berliners are forced to evacuate their homes as the communist police move to prevent their escape. In the new East German state, known as the German Democratic Republic, or the GDR, communist rule was enforced at all costs. The reason was that any East German who had some kind of an important job was not supposed to have what they were calling West contact. So they were closely watched by the state police and any West contact would be noted and uh, frowned upon. East Berlin and the GDR became completely isolated from the West. Camera crews are harassed by reflecting mirrors in the hands of East German police and water hoses are played on equipment. Nevertheless, our reporters are able to come up with some remarkable pictures, despite these hazards. Smoke and tear gas bombs sometimes boomerang on the East German troops. Eventually, the GDR began a policy of widespread state surveillance on East German citizens, which was to be carried out by the Ministry for State Security, commonly known as the Stasi. The mechanism was fear. Fear was sort of the glue that kept the dictatorship together. And it was not so much real fear as also perceived fear. But who exactly were the Stasi? And what was their true function in the GDR? It's a question I put to Dagmar Hofstadt of the German Federal Commission for the Stasi Records. 
The Stasi was the Ministry of State Security of East Germany. It was a secret police because its main focus was to rein in its own citizens in order to follow the line of the Communist Party. In East Germany, the Communist Party was called SED, Socialist Unity Party of Germany. It was installed by the Soviets, like many of the other Communist parties after World War II. In many ways, the Stasi saw itself as the strong arm of the ruling German Communist Party. In the Soviet or Communist ideology of the 40s, dating back to the revolution of 1917, the secret police was there to maintain the power of the party and to ensure the success of the revolution, the communist revolution, the world revolution. So the secret police was always a part of this whole idea of establishing communist rule in a society. The Stasi were relentless in their surveillance and suppression of East German people to the point of human rights abuses. The Stasi understood itself as the shield and sword of the party. So whatever they would do, they would do in order and on the orders of the party to maintain the power of the party. In truth, there was no limit to what the GDR was prepared to do. They persecuted people who would speak their mind, who would be interested in forming their own party apart from the Communist Party, and, and most particularly and peculiar to East Germany, the fact that they secured or helped secure the border. East Germany was a country that decided to shoot its own citizens if they chose to leave the country in the western direction. Behavior was sort of building on the thought that something might happen that you cannot control and you'd rather not challenge the system. And so you basically just flew under the radar and, and you accepted that you couldn't travel where you wanted. You accepted that you couldn't really speak your mind in public. You would just tell it to your friends and you hoped that these friends were trustworthy friends. It's a sentiment echoed by Thomas Hopker. You know the word untertan, the, the underling, a person who is obedient to his masters, to his state. And they were really bringing up uh, a new generation of untertanen. It was sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You, you would know that if you demanded freedom of speech or your own way of life, and it would not coincide with what the party wanted, that eventually the Stasi would come. Um, if you wouldn't follow the party rule, you would not be able to study or build a career. So you kind of fell in line into what was demanded, knowing that if you did something different, the Stasi would come. Today, Dagmar presides over the Stasi Records Project which allows full public access to Stasi records. This pioneering form of truth and transitional justice perhaps gives us a glimpse as to a template for dealing with our own troubled past here in Ireland. So the documents, the documents the, that we ha as an archive now administer and make available document tens of thousands of human rights violations, mostly for the victims of the Stasi to access the data that the Stasi had gathered on them to basically reconcile and understand the manipulations that the state has done to their lives and, and recoup and, and repossess, so to speak, um, the stolen life data and the stolen life from the Stasi. This project has played a big role in understanding the mechanisms of the dictatorship, and the responsibilities of individual people. The names of ministry staff members and even unofficial collaborators can still be made public. 
it somehow frees everybody involved. It frees the perpetrator, if you want to call him that, you know, because it's out in the open. His responsibility is clearly named. And it frees the victim to just see it and decide in their own way how to deal with that. But the process of understanding, of, of gathering facts, of making public what was in the dark is only a first step. And then healing, an even bigger word, reconciliation, is a huge task. Mark McMenamin was reporting there from Berlin on the history of the Stasi, the East German secret police, and how their surveillance records are being used today to reckon with the past.